0: Welcome along to another edition of From the Resort Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Wilshire. Um, episode number 42. It is, what is it today? Tuesday, the 6th of December, 2022. Uh, we have Jenna Adamson, uh, who's a partner with Win Williams. Um, she's a lawyer specialising in property and commercial transactions. Um, wanted to tell her story for a little while. Uh, welcome along to the podcast, Jenna.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate the invite.
0: Okay, you've probably heard some of these podcasts, so just just a bit of a refresh on how we'd like to start early life. Whereabouts were you born and where did you grow up?
1: I am Christchurch, born and bred. So I was born in Christchurch and grew up in Christchurch and stayed there up until, I think, post-uni when the earthquakes hit, which is the impetus for when I left. Um, but yeah, no, Christchurch.
0: Kiwi still. <laughs> so, so family dynamics. Um, yes. So, Christchurch, obviously, you, you would have grown up when there's a bit of earthquake activity happening and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, brothers and sisters, mum and yes. dad. What did we? What did we get? What did they all get up to?
1: Oh look, I was very grateful. I had probably, I without a doubt, can hands down say I had the best upbringing I could have asked for. Um, my parents were absolutely incredible. Mum and dad. My dad was a investment banker, um, so did a lot in the retirement village industry. Um, and I had an older brother and an older sister um, who my older brother is now living in Brisbane and my older sister is uh, in Christchurch still, which is why um, I take... So the youngest of three or...? Yes, the youngest, okay. yes, yes, yep. And so... definitely the one that kind of, I think, followed in Dad's footsteps in terms of, well, having that business-oriented mind uh, and commercial kind of mindset on things and I was the first one that, um, yeah, went to uni and then we'd done that path, yeah.
0: Cool. So, uh, so what was it like growing up there? What, what sort of, um, can you remember some of the things you got up to? Hobbies, um, sport, that sort of thing?
1: Yes, I was, um, I actually lived on a farm, which is very ironic in comparison to Hawaii. So we
0: actually, first sort of place was a farm or?
1: Yes, no, I, my entire uh, upbringing in Christchurch, I was always on a farm out in Belfast in Christchurch, um, which is really cool. Um, and we had cows and all of that stuff. So, um, that was that but no I did gymnastics for about six or seven years yep. um, which I loved I was, um, I was definitely really into school uh, I was a bit of a geek in that sense but um, also a very social one in the high school years so made the most of that but um, yeah no I had a really really great upbringing uh, really cool environment uh, love Christchurch as well it's really cool coming back here now and even just establishing those connections or re-establishing them as well some really close-knit people from both basically high school and from uni as well, because I went to Canterbury. Um, Really, really epic people. And obviously it's a completely different place now as well. Hmm. Um, So basically all
0: your upbringing was sort of in in Christchurch area. Um, Yeah, yeah. um, So basically fairly solid ground there.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, very and I was probably quite sheltered in that sense Mm. too, um, Mm. which is very in contrast to the way I've probably lived my last 10 years of my life, Um, but no, yeah, very, very supported and fantastic upbringing.
0: So can you remember what your first job was?
1: (laughs) I can, it was in retail, um, which is ironic in terms of the fact that I specialize in retail now, but um, it was at, I don't know if you'll know it, but it was at the Palms Shopping Centre, I worked at, like, Wild Bear and Lippie, um, which is teenage female kind of clothing and that. And then I kind of upgraded to Portman's, which was your more corporate kind of style. <laughs> um, yep. But no, I love fashion and all of that, although I must admit, Wild Bear and Lippy were somewhat borderline. But um, yeah, and then I had a couple of uh, summer clerkships with law firms down in Christchurch. Um, got a couple of scholarships there, um, so I made the most of them as well during uni. Um, but yeah, I didn't have any like paper runs or anything like that. I was, no. I was okay. really invested in school. I think I was a bit of a geek there in the sense that I really put a lot of effort into that. Um, so
0: obviously uh, it sounds like to me you would have been a high flyer when it comes to the results. You obviously would have achieved quite a lot of great results growing up.
1: I, I did, yeah. I, and I did pride myself on that. I was a bit of a perfectionist, which you know probably is quite... Um, analogous to a lot of lawyers in that sense Um, I try and not be that now Um, completely different Bailey is my best friend of sorts Um, but no definitely was pretty yeah I was a, a good girl in that sense although we my friends and I probably got up to some Rogue shit in the background, but otherwise that's. What, what's what? What do you call rogue shit? No, just things that I wouldn't, or I would have concerns if my daughter was doing that kind of thing. But no, I had a really open relationship with my parents, which was pretty cool. Like I could be really honest about the things I did, um, and still super honest with um, my mum and stuff now. So I love that. It's um, I feel yeah, pretty epic upbringing.
0: So in the university days, I mean, we're sort of touching on that that at the moment, but obviously they they do sort of guide you as to what you want to do, I guess, in life to a degree. I mean, when did you know that you wanted to get into law, be a lawyer, that sort of thing?
1: Um, I think growing up at high school, I, with my dad, he did um, he did a lot of uh, basically arranging finance and everything for the investment in retirement villages and developments of that. Um, and as part of that, I was quite like, I guess I was, I was witness to a lot of transactions and stuff like that and a lot of um, dealings that he had with his lawyer who Mm -hmm. was one of my mentors subsequently Um, and i just saw i guess i was just exposed to that very early and i saw how lawyers i guess had a special skill of facilitating things for people Um, and don't get me wrong when i first went into a law degree at uni I had no idea what being a lawyer entailed and i don't think you actually do until you start practicing yeah um so but in short i just felt like a law degree would be of value um and i did a commerce degree as well just because generally i just wanted to cater it with that so i specialized in marketing and management um so yeah it was basically yeah it was i think from a uni perspective it's one of those degrees that you feel will be invaluable whether or not you want to go down the path of being a lawyer um i think god when I did go to uni however long ago now, the path for those who do a law degree mm. is so different now. Like, you're not confined to doing a law firm life or only in-house counsel. You've got now, you know, legal tech and everything like that, which is probably where I think is epic if you've done a law degree now. Um, and that's what's exciting for those going into uni doing that kind of stuff.
0: So how many years did you spend at uni then?
1: Five and a half. Wow, so that's, I did. Wow, it's I did law and commerce, mm-hmm. and then I did honours for law. So Owners I did a couple well, yeah. of additional papers. Um, really, really interesting topics. I think it a rugby World Cup and marketing okay. around that. Um, and then I did marketing
0: some. with the World Cup.
1: Yeah, so okay. I did all the um, different brands that basically spon- and sponsorships and everything like that, and misleading and deceptive conduct and all of that and some of the beer brands that got behind it from a New Zealand perspective. Uh, And I also did uh, a lot of property papers as well in terms of my honours. Um, But yeah, it was pushed out a little bit. So I never actually had a graduation because of the earthquakes. Um, And my admission to the bar as a lawyer was in, I think, Race Racecourse. Normally it's in the High Court, but we didn't have one at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Um, So no, so it was pushed out a little bit. Um, But yeah, it's, yeah.
0: So what was your, I guess, you, you, you'd, you'd done on the five and a half years at uni. Where did the career, I guess, start as at full time? Where did you start there?
1: Um, so I had, during my last few years at uni, I had a couple of sc- scholarships with Anthony Harper, which was a Christchurch law firm, mm. um, incredible law firm, amazing law firm, it still is now. Um, and so I started there as a graduate uh, once I finished and absolutely loved it, but then um, within I think a year or so the earthquakes hit um, and then subsequently uh, my work got very insurance related um, mm. and I guess at that age you're not it probably wasn't the best environment to learn in um, I wasn't learning in the way I wanted to mm. um, and my partner at the time he had an opportunity he has played professional rugby and he had an opportunity to um go to italy uh mm-hmm. so we ended up taking that offer and went and lived in italy for a year so <laughs>
0: you lived in italy for a year didn't... okay there you yeah, go didn't it it i did indeed what so um, part of italy
1: uh udine which is uh just about an hour away from venice on the border of uh slovenia um, yeah yeah so it's and it was a beautiful beautiful place um it yeah. was and look at the time i was <laughs> probably a bit precious in the sense that i was like oh god i don't want to sacrifice my career and go and do this um, I actually remember having a conversation with my dad about it where he was kind of like, you know, it's an opportunity, make the most mm. of it. Yeah. Um, and in hindsight, it was probably one of the best things I could have done. And it didn't even have any impact on my career whatsoever. Mm. Um, so that's no. where now if I, you know, juniors or younger ones kind of start talking about that. It's like, fuck, just do it. Oh God, what's the swearing policy on this thing? Uh, <laughs> we don't worry about the Okay, <laughs> yeah but no so i'm really encouraging younger ones kind of getting out there and experiencing what they can before they do settle into their careers um but yeah so i had a year there and it was incredible so we basically the standard of rugby over there is probably comparative to new zealand probably a bit less um so uh, my partner at the time probably wasn't overly demanding in terms of having to be at trainings and he was still a superstar of sorts when he played oh, okay. um and we just got to travel and learn yeah. uh learn the language learn the locals i have some of my best friends now that are still living there um yeah. they came and visited me actually in brisbane um a few years ago which was incredible yeah um but yeah it was an incredible experience absolutely incredible so yeah
0: Excellent. And then after that, what happened?
1: (laughs) Well, my visa did not last any longer, and I was challenged a little bit. Actually, my parents came over, mum and dad came over, and we went travelling with them for about two or three months over there, which is Mm -hmm. a pretty um, incredible experience or memory to have as well. Um, But then my visa ran out, so after that, um, returned to Brisbane. Um, I always loved Australia, Mm -hmm. always loved Australia. And from a um, career perspective, I did think that it op- opened up a lot of doors and there were some incredible opportunities there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, settled in Aussie and got my first job in a law firm over there. Um, pretty decent-sized law firm. Mentor Ellison, is it the one? That was subsequently, no, I started suspect, off at Gaydon's. Okay. That's right, Gaydon's, um, yeah. yes. So I was at Gaydon's, um, which was a great law firm, mm. um, and that's probably where I... I started off in, for instance, banking and finance. Um, yep. But then I kind of merged a bit more into the property space and then kind of found my niche in terms of particularly commercial and retail leasing and that side of things. Um, but then um, I, after about, well, I was there for about 18 months, loved it, absolutely loved it. I was probably exposed to some uh, interesting environments mm. um, and interesting circumstances. And for me, I, I guess I felt, I was probably... Unfamiliar with what the legal industry was like, and then I was really my eyes were opened uh, over yeah. there. Um, but then actually, I um, wasn't enjoying it to the same extent, um, and and I didn't really feel as inspired. Um, and also, I was doing pretty long hours at that stage too, even early earlier on. And then um, I ended up choosing to go elsewhere. But um, then my father uh, passed away, oh. so came back to. Christchurch um just when he was uh basically in palliative care for a bit um and then spent time with mum for about three to six months in Christchurch um and that was that was um yeah very challenging time but also um we ended up floating my dad's uh company which is pretty cool and so that's what kind of founded Arvida which is a really a large retirement village operator now um down here in New Zealand okay doing incredibly well um pretty fantastic so it's really cool in that sense to have been a part of that and kind of banded together with some of his colleagues and his connections, um mm. which was yeah, amazing. And then, yeah, then I ended up having Minter Allison come tapping on my door when I was in Christchurch. So, yeah, and that was that. <laughs>
0: and then went back to Brisbane, or
1: it was as hard as that was a decision to make at the time because um, mm, I was pretty, your mum was, yeah. yeah, and uh, I. We're a very close family um, and I was really close with my dad as well Uh, and he was just, yeah, he was an absolute legend. Um, So it was pretty shocking for us all. It was one of those things where you never actually, you know, you hear about people who lose their parents at a young age or, you know. Not too young. Yeah, yeah, dire circumstances and stuff like that. Um, And for me that was uh, really confronting and quite a determinative uh, moment in my life. But yeah, so after that, I didn't know if Brisbane was where I wanted to be, Um, but, and I even contemplated, you know, taking over Dad's role, um, because he had his own company and, you know, the way in which he did business and the people and the connections were just beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and now reconnecting with them all now is probably one of the best things that I take away from what I'm doing. Mm. Um, But yeah, so ended up going over to Brisbane just because it was a job I couldn't say no to. Um, Mm. And it was at Minters, which is, you know, a top tier firm in Australia. Um, And I had the best real estate group. Um, And yeah, it was one of the best decisions in that sense for my career. Um, I that's where I became a technically excellent lawyer in terms of that's an expectation of what you do. Mm. Um, I learned what the grind was, <laughs> but I also as learned, working long hours or working yeah um, working long hours and working bloody hard yeah mm. um, and you know it that was where you know that's what shaped me and, yeah. and it was a typical law firm environment what you can expect mm. um, but I was very fortunate to have some pretty incredible mentors there and I supervised an amazing team like even some of the team even now I'm their referees and now they're going into some beautiful job like sorry they're beautiful people but they're going into some epic jobs now yeah. over there and some you know some of the major property companies and investments and developments yeah. Um, so yeah super lifelong connections but it mm. wasn't um, necessarily for me long term obviously partnership yeah. was the goal there and that's the way it's leading yes um, yeah But there are a couple of things I I remember very clearly, and this is no disrespect at all to anyone there, it's actually an example of their incredible work ethic. But um, I remember working because we worked on weekends and I'd go in on the weekend and um, I remember seeing just some people there with their wee ones under the office desk on their iPads on a Sunday. And for me personally, I kind of thought, if I want to end up having children or you know something like that I was like that's just not necessarily the life Mm. um, that I wanted to kind of live and then Mm. that was also a wake-up call for me in the sense that if I am ever going to be in a role in a leadership role I don't want my juniors or anything to see me in that way and I want them to be inspired I don't want Mm. them to think shit that's not where I want to kind of how I want to live my life Mm. Um, so that you know that was a bit of a refresher in terms of changing my mindset about things um, and then when I was there a couple of determinative things in my personal life kind of helped shape um, where I was heading I was in a long term relationship for 10 years and married and then ended up separated and divorced as, um, this
0: is not the rugby player, this is after that? Or no it was the rugby player, it was the rugby yep, player. Yep. Okay.
1: <laughs> but no and, and look that was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me in my life um, mm. I am a completely different person now and I think I learned who I am, um, and I sure as hell built a lot of confidence and courage to change shit up. Um, so, yeah, so that happened, and then I got diagnosed with autoimmune disease, which is where our connection with Jess comes in. Um, is, there,
0: what, is there any particular is it type of autoimmune disease? or?
1: Yeah, so I have a couple. <laughs> um, so I have fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis, um, yeah, and so my wife's actually got fibromyalgia as well. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that, um, oh, it's a weird disease in the sense that it's so vague as well, yeah. um, and it is one that's hard to manage and very particular to each individual. Yeah. Um, but it's, and it is invisible as well. Yeah, definitely um, <laughs> invisible, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where it's just a matter of, you know, how you manage it um, and that kind of thing. and. I remember when I was diagnosed. And this so is, how long ago
0: were you diagnosed? It uh,
1: would have been seven years ago now. Okay. Um, yeah. I, and when I was diagnosed, I remember very clearly them saying to me, look, you shouldn't be in, you know, a high stressful job. <laughs> you might want to reflect on what you're currently doing. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they said things like... You I mean,
0: mean, health mean, is number one, so you got
1: to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I, but, I mean, they even said things like I couldn't run more than 10K, you know, or do it any kind, yeah. but sports so um, and as you'll be witness to the other weekend I thought I'd prove someone wrong there um, by doing a marathon mm. um, but yeah so it's it was definitely um, challenging to adjust to realize how I needed to best manage my lifestyle mm. um, but pretty incredible because it, it just you know it, you know what matters to you yep. um, and it's your health and your well-being and mm. to be in an environment that actually supports that um, and that's pretty determinative for me so wherever I am at now or however I want to operate my life if it doesn't support me being the healthiest version of me or anything like that then I'm not even going to bother with it <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah so no, so how long when was your wife diagnosed?
0: Um, probably before I met her, oh just pretty short sure before I met her yeah, yeah. I met her about like 10 11 years ago so oh yeah before yeah. then yeah um, but yeah, she's had a f- few things since as well. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, no, that's it's yeah. It's one of those things that yeah, it's just it's, it's a silent disease, you can't see it and yeah. And um, it's just, it's an energy thing for her, but you know, obviously, if yeah. you can get it past that.
1: Yeah, and it is. Um, it, 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 there are and there are some real challenges, and it's funny mm-hmm. because a lot of people, you know, when you meet somebody or. You know, there's a lot of things that people don't necessarily know about you behind closed mm. doors, um, yeah. and it's just yeah, that's you have so much respect for other people because mm. yeah, you never know what anyone's going through, mm. um, and it's pretty inspiring to see what people can achieve um, exactly yeah uh, in spite of whatever that is.
0: Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, <coughs> L'Oreal.
1: Yes, L'Oreal. <laughs>
0: so the Minter Ellison finished up and then was it to L'Oreal yeah. after that or?
1: Yes it was. So I was at Minters and I was loving it. Absolutely mm. loved it. Had the best team, had the best clients, like mm. the best clients. Yeah. Um and I always my clients I always was very close with. Mm. So literally like would speak to them every day. Mm. Wanted was always visiting them really close with them from a strategy perspective so i probably went over and above you know just legal support um i really gave a shit about what they were doing and wanted to really help them achieve what they were doing um i would be at their events their openings you know and so as a result of that i realized how much i loved being part of the company um so i thought about going in-house and at the time there was a maternity role actually for L'Oreal Australia and New Zealand Um, and you know it sounds an attractive role it sounds like a bit of glitz and glamour and fun Um, and I just thought you know fuck it why not put my head in the (laughs) ring but realistically I was a specialist leasing lawyer Mm -hmm. Um, so you can question you know how is she going to be able to contribute as a you know corporate in-house counsel for a large FMCG company Mm -hmm. Um, but I was very fortunate. I had a really incredible uh, general, the general counsel at L'Oreal Australia at the time, Anna Laczynski. She's um, quite well known over in the industry over there and she was incredible and she was somebody who um, saw the potential um, and she was open-minded to take me on in that sense. Um, so took a risk <laughs> and moved from Brisbane to Melbourne for the role uh, and loved it absolutely loved it and it absolutely changed me in terms of who i am as a lawyer um, in terms of how i operate but also melbourne was just an epic experience um, and an amazing place to be um, so no that was pretty fun decision <laughs> um, and it was cool though because I, even when you get in there i think i was put on a mindfulness course they supported that um, and I was doing really different things in terms of my legal work um, and it helped me learn how it does actually operate in-house mm-hmm. um, so the internal structures where you have to manage and deal with and all of that stuff mm-hmm. um, and that definitely changed how I brief like law firms and how I got advice and what mm-hmm. I wanted from law firms yeah um, so that was it was a really <coughs> steep learning curve but mm-hmm. one of the most valuable things that I could have done um, and it was a lot of fun too. It was, it was incredible. I mean, I have a personal, you know, passion or appreciation of fashion and everything like that. So yes, to be absolutely. part of runways and fashion shows and all of that, like doing it from a legal perspective, it was a bit of a dream job. So Sounds like it. Oh, it was fun. And I'm still so close with everybody there. It's mm. so great to see what they're doing. Um, unfortunately, I was there when obviously COVID hit in Melbourne, uh, which was a pretty dire time over yep. there with the extended lockdown. Were you know
0: what, we actually locked down for a long time? Did yes
1: I was there, uh, we went into lockdown <laughs> about after I'd been there about for 12 to 18 months um, and we went straight into lockdown. We were, I was in lockdown for about seven months before I came back to Christchurch um, it was great though because at that time we did the acceleration of e-commerce mm-hmm. and we got into all the tech and everything like that. Yeah. Um. So being a legal counsel and doing all of that work in mm. terms of your skill set, it's amazing. De- yep. Dealing with data and privacy and everything, which is mm. so pivotal, like so essential and key now to anything anyone does. Yeah. Um. So that was, yeah, that was challenging being in lockdown. <laughs> um. And I think that's where I realized how much I missed home or family Um, so basically then I think during uh, L'Oreal was super flexible in terms of letting anyone work remotely or anything like that during that time so I kind of took the opportunity to go back to Christchurch and spend time with my uh, nieces and my sisters wee ones and my family and um, did the whole managed quarantine I think I was one of the first ones to do that which was a bit of fun but um, (laughs) work got me through that um, and yeah so then came so, back to Christchurch
0: so when when did you go back to Christchurch what can you a month one month a year
1: I went back in I think it would have been November I think
0: 2020 so. or
1: yeah it must have been yeah. yeah so it was after yeah about seven months in lockdown in Melbourne then I yeah. returned um, and then yeah I was I was still in Christchurch while Melbourne stayed in lockdown, mm. whereas I remember coming back to Christchurch and just going to a shopping mall and I was still so pedantic about masks and everything and everyone was just normal here. Um, mm. And that mm. for me was, yeah, that was pretty incredible and a pretty strong change to my wellbeing as well. Um, so I was really grateful for that move. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: I, I moved during COVID to here. and uh, Oh, did you? And uh, that was September of yep. 2020. Oh yes. Yeah. And yeah. Two weeks, uh, in um, Christchurch, Novotel near the airport.
1: Oh, how do you find it?
0: Um, no, it was and so that and I had like three suitcases. We took all the you know each or yeah, something. Yeah. It was like take all this stuff with you. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, it was it was okay. You had up and down internet, but it was yeah. you know it's it had to work a little bit. I had to sort of work while I was in the hotel yeah. room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know obviously sharing all the space with you know. Fiona, just the oh, yeah, of just, course, yeah, for yep. two weeks straight, yep. not you know, not leaving yeah. the whole place. I think we <laughs> left once for a 5 drill, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yep. it was it was different, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: It was, yeah, it, it yeah, I remember I was by myself doing it, um, mm. so I literally loved having all my teams calls and all my meetings yeah. and everything like and that. I used to
0: like all that, I used to love. It. I mean, I did a few podcasts, oh,
1: YouTube it would have been a great well. place to do it,
0: you know, Andrea. We did, we did all we did a few and caught up with. Um, you know, good mates and that sort of thing too. Just yeah. on the, yeah. the whole thing, so yeah, no, it was interesting times, and you know, you, yeah. you do you'll remember those if you sort of yeah look look back on those sort of things. Oh god, yeah. yeah. So, um, so and then what happened with L'Oreal? Did you, when, you, when did you finish up with L'Oreal?
1: Um, well, I I stayed working remotely for them for quite a bit, so yeah. I was in Christchurch and. Um, Continued working remotely for them there, um, also started, I spent majority of the time in Wanaka as well, um, working remotely from there, so I was working remotely in Wanaka and Christchurch, had family around me, mm-hmm. um, got insight into um, what it was like as a local down south, um, and yeah. I think as a result of that, I kind of thought, I was just, I kind of fell in love with the place, that's Ensure yes, yeah. what happened. And like
0: when you're growing up in, in the south, and obviously been living in Christchurch. Did you come down this way no, much?
1: No, I've never been to Queenstown until I had my job interview here. What really? <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Never, literally, only passed Far through to well. get to Wanaka. Um, so I had no idea. I, but I obviously I was in Wanaka and I was like, I want. How could I potentially make it work down here? Yeah. How can I have? the best of both worlds in terms yep. of I still wanted an incredible career mm. um, but I wanted to be living yeah. down here so yeah. obviously you look to Queenstown being the region where a lot of the activity happens and yes. from a property perspective it was a bit of a playground and exciting in terms of the developments that were happening yeah. um, but also some of the businesses uh, they were struggling and I would just literally have conversations with locals and stuff where I truly felt like I was in a position to be able to support them mm. um and that for me is far more rewarding than anything else okay. that I could potentially do and so I think that kind of instigated something in me and I um set up an interview uh with one of the well-established law firms down here and um it was I remember coming here for the interview and I stayed in town um and <laughs> I thought to myself after the interview, loved, loved the people, absolutely loved the people. So is, when
0: was this earlier this year, late last year? Or? Uh,
1: it would have been, it was just before the second lockdown in New Zealand. Um, so it was, yeah, mid, uh, beginning of last year, basically, or just, no, no, sorry, the year before that. So, um, and that was literally, I, yeah, I remember staying and it was normal. Like there was no COVID, well, no yeah. lockdowns at that stage. Um, and I remember staying in town, thinking, "Oh God!" Like I walked through town, and I think everyone was out and about, and I was like, "I don't know if this this place is my place," and I genuinely didn't know. Mm. Um, I felt a bit. I was really torn at that stage in terms of where I wanted to go, and there were some incredible opportunities in Melbourne still. Yeah, um, always everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I genuinely just wondered, and then I actually said no to the role, and I was like, mm. "No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go back to Melbourne." And then one day I came back to Wanaka in Queenstown and just, it was one of those, you know, those pivotal moments where you have a bit of clarity and you know what you want. Um, I didn't necessarily know what it entailed, but I knew I wanted to be here. Um, I don't think there's anything as um, grounding as being around these mountains um, and the people and what was happening down here. Mm. So I, yeah, took up the role with one of the, um, with an incredible law firm here and, um, yeah, resigned from L'Oreal, uh, resigned remotely, and I have some gorgeous friends over in Melbourne pick up my place, um, and ship everything over to me in Queenstown, um, and sold my house in Brisbane, and yeah, came here and set up shop here. Although I must admit, started work the one week, and then I think we had Monday and Tuesday, and then lockdown hit on Wednesday. So early,
0: she wasn't on. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that was um interesting, but I think it even gave me insight into how beautiful everyone was, I think, because I didn't have any furniture or anything at that stage. Mm. Um, and everyone was like, oh, come stay with me and all of this stuff. And they were yeah. new people that I'd only just met and it was just, mm. yeah, some pretty incredible um, people down here. So yeah. Yeah.
0: And I found that yeah. as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, Wynne-Williams, obviously that's, that's where, that's where we are right now in the offices here, <laughs> uh, in the boardroom.
1: Yes, indeed. And, um,
0: yep. so, there's probably a few things I could talk about here. Um, you, you mentioned before some of you had obviously going through your career. You had, you, there were some mentors and heroes you looked up to. Who were they?
1: Yeah, um, I've had quite a few. Um, definitely, my, I'm going to just say even though that's not in the legal industry. My dad was one of them. Yeah, we're um, actually the main one. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, the way in which he did business was. Um, inspiring and that's what that's the kind of person i wanted to be he cared about the people that he worked with um but i at mentor allison i worked for an incredible partner who he taught me how to take a step back and see the big picture um he taught me how to care and connect with my clients a lot uh, more than the most typical lawyer would mm-hmm. um he he helped ease my pedanticness i was very technically uh, yeah, pedantic um, and he helped me ease that um, he, and then when I went to L'Oreal um, I had a couple of mentors there actually I had a senior counsel um, who is now a very close friend and likewise with the general counsel who's now a close friend as well um, and they both taught me, um, they took me out of the law firm environment um, and that was pretty game changing in terms of, you know, they took. yeah as I said I think before they put me on a mindfulness course Um, which sounds very um, out there, but it was probably a really incredible uh, course which gave me a lot of insight and it talked Mm -hmm. about your meditation and what works for you and your well-being and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, yeah, probably made me more aware of how, you know, failure is a great thing and how to Mm -hmm. take greater risks um, and not necessarily be a perfectionist and all of that jazz. Um, and then yeah, then I um I've actually had some mentors even in Queenstown, um, at the law firm I was at when I originally started, um, in terms of how they did business. Um, but also now even just some of the people that I'm in partnership with now, um, mm. I'm forever learning from them as well. So I've been really, really lucky in my career in that sense. Like that's been a game changer. Um, some of my Dad's colleagues. Um, One of them is actually an accountant. He owns an accountant firm in Christchurch, Um, and the other one is a former partner of a law firm in Christchurch as well. And I still talk to them very frequently, um, and particularly when I get offers or anything like that in terms of my career or um, even personal things. I will turn to them, uh, and they're really incredible and supportive. So I've been really, really lucky in that sense. Um, I think we'll kind of try and imagine what my dad would say in those instances um, so no, it's been really, yeah, I've been really, really fortunate with the kind of people that I've met and mm. um, had the opportunity to work with um, and that's definitely no, um, that's been exactly the same now, being in partnership with some of oh, some bloody incredible lawyers in New Zealand and they're doing mm. amazing things
0: so. I mean, being in, you know, come to Queenstown, you do notice there's quite a few, obviously a few lawyers that yes. are prominent when it comes to you know business groups and yeah and stuff like that. The, the Queenstown Chamber of Commerce. I mean, I I, I um, when I first moved here, one of the uh, one of the first things I did was um, start going to the Queenstown yeah. Chamber yeah. of Commerce yeah. events. Yeah. yeah. And even before I moved here, so back in 2019 or whenever it was, I'd go to the lunch up up the. You know, the oh, skyline. Welcome yeah. to winter yeah. lunch. Yeah, that's whatever. an awesome lunch. <laughs> it is. You know, you that's it's definitely always book that out on your calendar. Yes. Yeah. Um, but great, great, fantastic people. A lot of, yeah, but obviously a lot of lawyers needed in town for yeah. various different reasons. Um, yeah. Yeah. what uh, I guess with uh, have you is it sort of been what you expected over the last six months since you've been here working, or was it yeah. probably longer than six months now? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Look, when I first started, um, it was an adjustment. Um, and it was learning because I felt very, um, I was very new, um, so I was definitely learning the environment, navigating that. Um, then when I came to Win Williams, I'm and effectively building our um, commercial and property practice here in New uh Queenstown. Mm. Uh, it was, I was very empowered, you know, to build the presence of Dub Dub, and it was definitely an opportunity for us for Alice and I to basically establish and distinguish ourselves in terms of how we um, how we service our clients and we don't see ourselves as service providers as such we'd much rather partner with our clients and be really close I think it's, it's crazy though because realistically as a lawyer you, you can't get away with being a wanker down here because you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have that same person on the other side of the next transaction, yeah. um, and I think that's what I noticed very quickly, and it's, and that I love because if, if if there's anything to increase integrity, um, and compromise in the way in which you do business, then I'm an absolute advocate for it. Mm. Um, I, very like not necessarily what I'd usually do, but I came became um, the Queensland representative for the Otago branch of the New Zealand Law Society. Okay. Um. And the reason I did that is because I really wanted to help increase um, the collegiality amongst lawyers, um, particularly down south, um, because we are all dealing with each other on the other side. We do encounter each other on, you know, for transactions, so insofar as we can, you know, make things work um, and get shit done, Mm. we're helping our clients, we're making it a better, you know, a smoother deal. Um, So I really wanted to focus on that, and particularly for the juniors as well, because if I'm being honest, when I first told people that I was contemplating the move to Queenstown, mm. I had so many people say to me, like literally, they were like, that they just didn't understand it. They were mm. like, why? They're like, you'll get bored or your career is not going to be as exciting or anything like that. And I think that's where there's the massive misconception of what Queenstown is mm. and what it can offer. So if I can help yeah. kind of, you know, increase how incredible it is down mm. here and what you can achieve and it's doing shit differently. Mm. Um, that's what I really wanted to be a part of. Um, Mm. so no, so I just did that and it's been, yeah, fantastic in terms of that. It's really cool what they Mm. stand for and how they operate. So, yeah.
0: Mm. So a few weeks ago, you did the marathon.
1: I did.
0: And, uh, is that the biggest (laughs) challenge that you've had in your life? Has there been anything bigger than that as a challenge? Oh, or was that the biggest challenge?
1: Oh, I've had a lot of challenges in the past 10 years. Um, yeah, a, definitely. a lot of challenges, a lot of personal That's, challenges. Yeah, yeah. Um, the marathon was definitely something that I probably didn't quite comprehend um, in terms of put my head in the rink and then I was actually thinking, shit, 42K is actually quite a distance.
0: Training for it?
1: i'm not a runner either
0: <laughs> so how, how do you train for something like a marathon or do, don't you train or what, what, what well do you sh- do?
1: there are training programs and they're pretty <clears throat> pretty incredible and a lot of my close friends and people down here were doing them um and look i drew inspiration from that and i had some really close supporters down here that um helped encourage me mm. i probably was I was doing a bit of travel and everything at the time, so my training was limited. Could've yeah. Um and also with my autoimmune disease, you can't do repetitive high impact activity. Um, so I was I had to manage that as well and do what was best for me and everyone has their own, you know has their own approach to things like that Yeah. Um, so for me it was just doing long runs on the weekends um, I'd go That's around still
0: pretty good training I guess
1: yeah well it helped I mean I'd do yeah. like um, a few laps around like Hayes I'd yep. go down Cromwell and do the Dunstan mm. Trail which oh my god is wow, beautiful yeah. oh it's amazing literally on I the bike there for me I think oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do the whole thing running I only actually got up to about 28k in my practicing or yep. training for running um, so and look, I probably had a bit of anxiety doing the marathon because, well, coming yeah. up to it. Because I was like, shit, what if I can't do it? Um, and I think that's yeah. probably the recovering perfectionist of sort in me. Is A, I don't want to fail, but B, I'm also mm. fucking competitive. So <laughs> um, so no, so that's, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm conscious of the language in this. <laughs> no,
0: say what you need to say, but um, <laughs> so yeah, no. it's a few weeks ago. But I, I was just, um, I actually was, you know, as you know, part of the Rotary Club. Yes. Um. And I was doing a bit of marshalling in town or whatever, was ah, yeah. along yeah. Duke Street there. Yeah. And I had a friend that was in the marathon. He he was a brewer, ah, yeah. um, over at Oamaru, and he comes to Queenstown every few weeks or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Has a girlfriend here, as yeah. works at the bar. Yeah. Um. So he he so he's Canadian. He he was in. He he decided to go on the marathon. So anyway, I was waiting for him to come past. Yeah. Um. So it, it was got to about what quarter to one or something. And uh, he'd, you know he just he'd just come past, and then so, so then I sort of jogged up with him to the to the finish line. Cause ah, that's gorgeous! We're just up the, yes. near the finish yeah. line, yeah. and then I'm sort of coming back, and then I, I see I see you coming behind. <laughs> I said, and then there I, you, I out. you probably didn't hear me, but I, I did yell out. Go, ah, go but, uh, Awesome. But uh so you you had very good bloody time if you're only less than a minute behind him. <laughs> I so I think you would have got in the four fifteen to four twenty range. That's I pretty...
1: did I got yeah, four twelve, which surprised 412. Wow. It surprised really, yeah. me. Um mm. but I think I realised how much I don't necessarily love running in crowds. <laughs> mm. I was so I ran faster than I anticipated um but i also wanted to kind of get it done i also had my <laughs> mom and granddad come up from um christchurch come down sorry um and some really close supporters here which mm. was just beautiful like they'd yeah. come and stop you but it's i think that's the thing because i must have signed up i signed up for the half when i'm still working at l'oreal no. because la roche per se, one of l'oreal's brands they sponsor it mm. so i was like oh i should do the half in queenstown didn't know I'd be living here and, you know, part yep. of the community at that time. Yeah. Um, obviously bumped it up to the full, because I thought, why not? Um, <laughs> and uh, that was what I loved about it, because everybody was actually at all the stops. You had your sign, so your ramen's yelling out, go, Jen, or whatever, and stuff like that. So yeah. I would have heard you. And it does make the difference. Mm. Like, it's incredibly empowering having mm. that support, and it's so genuine from everybody. It's such a great atmosphere. Um, I think yeah, I'm so glad I did it like one of the best things I've ever done It was without a doubt one of the best weekends I've ever had in my life. It was um Pretty amazing and everyone getting together and the group of friends that I did it with as well Um, Just yeah, it was such a fun thing to do and it wasn't I I wasn't as bad as I anticipated
0: (laughs) So did you uh, We'll probably talk about the marathon forever, but um, <laughs> did you like? Jordan said he probably stopped and walked a few k's. Did you stop at all? Or?
1: Um, I so my mentality with running has mm. always been I never stop because mm. if I stop, I won't start again. Yeah, yes. um, So I had that mentality for the first three hours or so. But then when I got to the end, <laughs> the um, worst, yeah, yeah I, I did stop up the hills, mm. so up the elevations, because I was like, um, you know, expending too much energy. So I kind of just walked up them and then kicked off again. Yeah. Um, and it was cool having all your stops because you have your pure nutrition or you have your red bull, which I ended up drinking, which is very unlike me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you do anything at the time, and um, yeah, so I did walk a little bit. Um, and it was cool though, because you'd also see people kind of stop, and some people were really being challenged. So, it was oh, really, really yeah. cool to support that as well. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And I, at the time, I wasn't even remotely concerned about what time I was getting. Mm. In hindsight, now that I did that, I'm like, oh, I would have loved to have got sub. Four or something. That's, and that's what Julia, anyway. Yeah, like literally. Let's, I'm let's like, break four oh. minutes, four hours. Exactly. But, um,
0: but yeah. Let's come back next year and break four hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know if it's going to be a repeat thing for me. No. I'll do the half, um, yeah. just because it's a bit of fun. Yeah. The only thing I did say that um, someone was that I might do the New York Marathon. My aunt dad in there.
0: <laughs> but um, I mean, uh, uh, you must be just aching all over at the end, or what? What does your um, body feel like after a marathon? I mean, it must, it must be killing. It is though.
1: weird. It's it's very weird like you start like i my body was probably seizing up a little bit um and i was kind of like what do i do um and i had some I close someone close to me who actually um used to be a PT so he did training and stuff so he actually helped in terms of the recovery on the legs yeah. um which was game-changing yeah um, I mean your you legs would just go like yeah like yeah. You just imagine, yeah exactly so you need your massages you need your uh infrared saunas and floats and all that shit I do think that helps with recovery yeah. um I haven't I've been for a few decent runs since um since yeah I've tried to fit <laughs> it yeah. in I would have
0: but, taken the rest of the year off
1: yeah well yeah. it felt like that I think I'm using that as a one-liner now i've completed that so that's ticked off (laughs) um but you know it's it it does i i it does take a toll on your body like Mm. i i i I absolute respect and admiration for the people that do do it consistently Mm. in those kind of competitions and the diligence and training yeah like the time you put into that and that energy is just wow like the people who do it yeah absolute hands down to them Mm.
0: yeah but no we said is, is that we we said that might not be the biggest challenge of your life uh,
1: no I think I mean like in terms of if you're going to put down like actual you know um, you know achievements or accomplishments and that kind of thing that's, that was yeah. certainly one of them mm-hmm. um, challenges you know I've had a few varying ones but I think they're more personal ones which we've um, probably touched on in terms of when dad passed away, um, yep. which is obviously, yeah, that was pretty, um, yeah, change, life changing. Uh, and, you know, you think like things like, you know, divorce and all of that stuff, that used to be a word that I used to put a negative connotation towards. Um, mm. Whereas reality is, it's, you know, it's not. If it changes, you know, if it's the best thing to happen to you. Um, and, yeah, just, a few things, like I've changed cities, changed countries, those kind of challenges, um, and just, yeah, I think in that sense, I think personally it's, it's change and how you deal with change, and I think those are where I see the biggest challenges, is we, um, can adapt to change and make the most of other opportunities, and that appetite for risk, I don't think, I think I probably, growing up, I was quite precious in the sense that I did do, you know, what was familiar, and I had an incredible, like, um, Probably just followed the picture-perfect path and all of that shit. And then when it changes up, you realise how much you change um, mm. and how much your appetite for risk increases, um, mm. and how much you can handle and you can deal with uncertainty. Um, and it's a pretty empowering feeling. Um, so that's yeah. But no.
0: Fair enough. The future. I mean, you sort of are you want to sort of think about the future much, dwell on it, where you see yourself going. In the future, where you see yourself, yeah, you know, where do you see yourself, and Win Williams, in the future, where yeah. do you see see where do you, yeah the future?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely do. I um, think about it quite a bit. I am one of those people that, and and look, I did have my whole life planned out um, verbatim, um, and it did go down that path until I wanted to change that up. But um, in terms of the future, I think I wanted. I think something that we felt really passionately about in terms of Wynne Williams is really changing the way in which legal services are delivered um, and really supporting and integrating ourselves with our clients and being part of them. I've been uh, pretty fortunate in terms of some of our clients. We have a lot of international clients and I partner with a lot of Aussie clients, so a lot of Aussie retailers Mm -hmm. um, or landlords that are coming over to New Zealand to expand um, and that kind of thing. And I love supporting them with that and being a partner to that and kind of uh, I think it's basically doing something different doing things differently trying to make make it happen um smoothly make people's lives easier um I think you know we there's a ethos or perception about being a top tier firm in terms of those top tier firms are the best firms I genuinely think that you come to a lawyer because of the person they are mm-hmm. and how good they are at delivering. Exactly, yeah, yeah, like it's not, and that's what we pride ourselves on because we wholeheartedly believe if we're supporting somebody, you know, we're the best person that can help them because we learn their business inside and out. Um, we, I mean, I'm, uh, particularly Alice and I in Queenstown, we're pretty fortunate because we're heading up the Queenstown office, but we have this national epic law firm or firm of incredible lawyers and Mm. resources and expertise that are all helping us service our clients like we Mm. have all that support we're effectively the gateway to that Mm. um we manage that in terms of we know what our clients needs and we will make sure we deliver with all of that support it's it's amazing to be able to offer that Mm. like i have such confidence in that and the people that i know can help our clients Um, And vice versa as well. Like I have a lot of uh, Auckland and Christchurch clients as well, Mm. um, which allows us to travel quite a bit uh, and get close to our Auckland and Christchurch offices as well and have that same culture and make sure that's being built. Mm. Um, But yeah, in terms of the future, I think it's more so just building that... Building our relationships with our clients. That's, I mean, that's my concern. My concern is yeah. always about the people, um, and also changing, uh, having a bit of fun with the legal tech. Um, I feel quite strongly about um, the opportunities to bring tech into any any company, let alone a law firm. And I know mm. that law firms are probably a bit more um, hesitant to make the most of change, um, mm. and it, it is harder to, for law firms to adapt to that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, I do like doing a lot of tech trials and collaborations and creating things and mm. automation and everything like that so mm. i've been focusing on that quite a bit down here we have a digital committee within win williams where we really explore a lot of that and see what we can benefit uh, from internally but also where for instance we can partner with tech providers that can mm. help service our clients a bit better and my god the tech industry i mean even all the startups and everything yeah so much potential in that um, and there's a lot of fun around that so i think that's that's something I feel very strongly about. Um, mm. But uh, uh, recently, it was um, appointed to the retail committee for the Property Council of New Zealand, and so that's partnering with all the major landlords and retailers um, who are predominantly based in Auckland. But it's basically helping, you know, be the advocate for retail in New Zealand, um, which I obviously, as a result of e-commerce and everything like that, that what retail experiences is completely different now um, yeah. and i think it's kind of helping support that um, yeah. and legal can help facilitate that a lot um,
0: yeah no definitely no I'm, i mean i haven't been in, i have i don't know a lot about winwims you know until and, and, until i guess i moved here i didn't hadn't really heard of them previously but yeah. but but what you guys stand for you know means a lot um, to someone like me as an outsider looking in yeah. Um. I think. Uh. You know. You, it's. You just got to. It's a good feeling. Like I remember. Well, I think. Well, I think one of the first times I met you was at the Pride. Ah, yes. Lunch. I think. That was and incredible. and I think Wim's like a sponsor or yes, something. Yes, we were. And, yeah. And yeah. you were all part of the whole Pride Week. Yeah. And yeah, you had the Pride thing here on your. We did. On your yeah. front uh, yeah. counter. And
1: that that was something we felt very strongly about. So. Yeah.
0: Um. And just the just the way you sort of market yourselves and yeah. that sort of thing and you know
1: yeah
0: obviously you know the duck race the uh, yes. the way you sort of uh whoever designed that duck with the oh wasn't that incredible and yeah
1: that was our incredible team here that was yeah. you know
0: i mean obviously it, it was well you know it obviously did the job because it won so obviously
1: would it not
0: you know this floats past everything at the finish line just come
1: oh god alice and i were so surprised when it won
0: yeah and that was
1: that was such a fun day, though. That mm. was epic. Like, and and that's the thing. It's the community. Yeah. Yeah. It's everyone getting together, and oh, we just love being a part of that. Yeah, like literally, no, it's it's awesome. And I think that's such a great cause that you guys did it for. Um, it was no, that was a very fun day. We liked that. That was cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. I'm looking forward to next year already. It's just one of those things. We say, well, yeah, done that now. We, we we've seen how you know how how fun it is. Yeah, absolutely. And just make it even even. As good as it was, it, you know, it can always uh, make it even better, you know, it's one of those oh, sort God, of things. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: but no, I think and those kind those um, causes and mm. events down here, that's yep. what we really want to be a part of. And I think mm. that that pro- Winter Pride lunch was something that for me, because mm. um, I've been with Gwen Williams now nearly nine months, and yep. at that lunch um, we had Greg Simmons, one of our Auckland partners speak. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I think don't know so, if you remember. Yeah. And I literally sat there and I have never been more proud of the place I've worked and really what it stands for. And I can say that wholeheartedly because within Wynn williams itself, the culture, mm. oh, it, it's so incredible. I
0: mean, I guess, I mean, there's a lot of things we can talk about with the whole thing, but, look, you know, getting, the, getting to work here and comparing it to your, to your sort of how you thought things would go. Yeah, yeah to how it's sort of gone so far yeah i mean is, is it is it is it sort of always a bit of a it's always roll the dice a little bit when you sort of start a new job isn't it like oh God, it, yeah. it's yeah. like i want it to be good i think i can make it good but it can always be a roadblock that comes up and as it, it probably hasn't been anything like that yet
1: no i mean look don't get me wrong it was a nine month bloody due diligence on my part in terms of yeah well
0: okay so the perfectionist in you is basically trying to get as. but it's still open to
1: well it is but that's mm. the thing like anywhere you work yeah it is hands down dependent on the people yeah and for me i people definitely yeah yeah. and i needed to learn the people that i would be in business with Mm. and i needed to understand them and for them to get to know me because i wanted them if they were going to take a gamble they're equally taking a gamble on me yes um and so i needed them to know me and how i operate well as well and still be willing to empower that um and and that's effectively what they've done they've empowered me to come and you know, represent Wynne Williams and build their brand down here, mm. Um, and that, God, I'm appreciative for that opportunity mm. without yep. a doubt, and I have their support in everything I'm doing, and that's, oh, it's amazing, like we real, and Alice and I were talking yesterday, we feel, we love the culture that the firm has, and also particularly in our Queenstown office as well, what we are creating and mm. developing here. Um, it's and it, it is about the culture, and yeah. it strongly is. And I think, I, I mean, and that's what takes me back to if we're talking about comparing to other firms that I've been at or anything like that, or my time in Aussie. It's don't get me wrong, we still work hard without a doubt. And yeah. I, I will do long hours if I need to for my clients because I care Different. about yeah. what they, they want to achieve. Yes, and so if I can support that and that is part of that, then of course, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, but we really prioritise our lifestyles and our well-being and everything like that. And I think that's something that, yes, the legal industry has fallen short on, mm. is prioritising well-being um, of staff, and particularly that collegiality and the support to be open, mm. um, to make mistakes, and all of that, um, I think... It's game changing. Like I'm so open when I make a mistake, I'll tell anybody. Mm. Um, It's one of those things that you need to because if you, and it's more of a reflection in terms of how you handle it. Mm. Um, And I think that's where we need to foster an environment where people can take greater risks um, because then they actually can develop their full potential because no one knows until you know, you take Mm. a gamble and that's effectively what this was, it was me taking a gamble and it has, I haven't looked back without a dance and it's Mm. been better than I could have expected. Um, and the support and it really reflects yeah it's been incredible excellent so i guess final sort of words anything you
0: sort of (laughs) anything else that you wanted to sort of uh talk about on your um episode uh Um, jenna it's been fantastic to learn you about your story you know i can see a lot of passion i can see someone who's intelligent very smart someone who's mm -hmm. had a had um to go through some stuff like everyone does yeah no doubt. And it's always good to, to hear you know your story and your passions and that sort of thing. But I'll let you sort of um, end, I guess, the podcast with, you know, what else, I mean, what else would you like to tell us?
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, no. Thank you very much for those uh, kind words. But look, no, I think it's just um, now it's just making, helping Queenstown lead the way for New Zealand. And that's something that I think, You know, there's no realms in New Zealand I would rather live. Um, Mm. It has some people that have gone and lived incredible lives potentially and they've come back here or they've returned or they're here because they see its potential and they want to change shit up. And we can really lead the way and do some incredible things and we can be Mm -hmm. world-leading. And I think that's where we really want to have some fun. Um, And I'm really optimistic and excited about what the future holds There.
0: Excellent. That's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Jenna. Yeah. Um, bit to- bit of a timeline, as we know. Yeah, no, I like uh, that. It's episode just been forty-two. Great. Um, <laughs> Tim Wilshire, for the Promal Resort podcast. So, thank you very much. We'll get this uploaded later on today, and uh, you better share it amongst all your all your network <laughs> folk. And uh, I'm sure they will have
1: a great be able to get something out of that for sure. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Jenna. Awesome. Thanks, Tim.